two uh, quick things that uh, we need to mention. Uh, if you're signed up to be baptized, there is the first meeting today after the second service, 12.05 in room 112. That's after the second service. Also meeting next week, same uh, time, same room. And uh, handsome King Bob Fight, uh, my friend, is having some major surgery tomorrow. So if you would, please mark that down to be praying for Bob and Ruth tomorrow. They're heading down to Ann Arbor this afternoon. And if you'd like, at 1030, we're going to meet in the prayer chapel. And those of you who are FOBs, friends of Bob, uh, you can gather in there and we're going to uh, anoint him with oil and pray for him. So uh, that's another thing that you need to be aware of. Uh, today we're going to look at uh, our shoes so uh, go ahead, you have permission, look down at your shoes and uh, uh, look at the shoes of the folks around you, okay? Go ahead, take a peek. Um, shoes are designed, I actually looked this up, I, I thought I knew, but it was interesting, to protect and comfort our feet. And they are also designed to be used as decoration or a fashion statement. Uh, interesting shoes protect and comfort and today we use them as decoration and as a fashion statement uh, I begin by recalling a time when I forgot to wear the right shoes and that was a problem uh, we were playing a scrimmage basketball game versus the wrestling team I was on the basketball team and we were playing the wrestlers and uh, Randy Cruzel I should have known that was a sign uh, God lets you forget your shoes, stay away from them wrestlers. Uh, I didn't, I should have run. So uh, I, I could sit and I could watch my team play, but I didn't have my tennis shoes on, my basketball shoes. Uh, so in my brilliance, I decided I think I could play barefoot. Uh, so either sit and watch uh, while my team plays the wrestlers or play barefoot. Any guesses which way I went? Yeah, yeah. Well, things went well for a while. I, I was thinking, you know, for a while, I think I can move a little quicker in bare feet, you know? Uh, and here's where my brilliance really, really began to shine. Uh, I'm under the backboard, uh, and I'm going up against the heavyweight wrestler, and we're both going for a rebound, and I'm pretty sure... He's a big guy. I'm pretty sure I can outjump him. He jumps first, and he lands fully, totally all his weight on my barefoot right foot. Uh, you know, sometimes you get hurt, and you think, well, I can keep playing. Uh, that wasn't the case here. I instantly knew I'm gone, crawls off the court. Uh, few folks are laughing at my bare feet as I'm crawling. Uh, went to the doctor. Um, okay, you got the big toe? Everything to the right of Mr. Big was broken, okay? So he busted all four of my toes, and I'm on crutches for weeks. Uh, I got lots of lectures. Uh, parents, the importance of proper footwear. Uh, the coach, the importance of proper footwear. I remember the doctor and the nurses were giving me lectures on the importance of proper footwear. Uh, today... Ephesians 6, we have the Apostle Paul giving us a lecture on the importance 
of proper footwear. So if you haven't turned there already, locate Ephesians 6, uh, and he's going to lecture us, the church, uh, the church at Ephesus and the church at Walloon Lake, on the importance of Christian soldiers having the right footwear on. Roman soldiers typically wore sandals, and they were sandals um, that would lace up all the way up to your knee, okay? So this is probably a pretty good rendition, um, and you'll note that uh, there's some uh, little knobs here, uh, little nails that have been driven in so it could provide some extra traction. It was able to stand. They were able to, when they were fighting, they didn't want to be slipping and sliding. You understand? If you start losing your balance and someone's swinging a sword at you, what's the result? You're dead or you're mortally injured. Uh, a lot like, a lot like what I would say today would be uh, spikes. And uh, I won't tell you whose spikes these are, but he's related to me and he's... 20, uh, uh, I started to clean them up, and I thought, no, uh, because that's not really what uh, our footwear is, is like. I mean, this is real life, and when you're out in the game, it's muddy, and it's dirty, and frankly, as Christian soldiers, that's the same thing for us, but you'll notice the spikes. It's meant to dig into the ground, and so you're not slipping, and you have solid traction, and you got a solid place to stand. Uh, there's spikes for soccer. There's spikes for golf. Again, to help us get extra traction and get and grip, um, keep us from losing our balance. I don't know if you're a golfer, if you've ever tried, Chuck, to play golf uh, in 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 non-golf shoes. It's interesting. You think it's not that big a deal, but try to play golf in tennis shoes, and suddenly you realize uh, this this isn't that great. I don't have that firm foundation that I'm used to. The third piece of the soldier's gear is making sure we have the right shoes on. Make sure you have the gospel shoes on and keep them on is the idea here, okay? Provide a firm foundation, no slipping, no sliding. Now this is marching orders written down by our general our commander-in-chief, and his name is King Jesus, and now he's given us clear instructions as his army, as his soldiers, here's how I want you to live. And that's what we're reading one more time. Let's stand together. Ephesians 6, we'll start with verse 10 and read down through verse 20. Ready? Let's uh, declare out loud together God's word. Here we go. Finally... Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be evil to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, 
and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's pray. Lord, uh, the fact is that uh, for most of us, we live such blessed and comfortable lives that it's easy to forget that we're at war. It's easy for us to, to get uh, so busy with life, we forget we have an enemy. But I want to pray specifically right now for those who this past week had their lives hit hard. I suspect some that are here standing right now, the reality of Ephesians 6 has uh, come smashing into their life, into their family, into what's going on around them. So I, I'm asking, Lord, that you might, uh, especially for them, bring healing and hope. And I pray for us as a church family, Lord, that we might quickly learn how to put on your armor. Lord, my prayer is that each and every person here would make it a priority to start daily dressing as you've ordered us to dress. Lord, right now we invite the third person of the Trinity to be welcomed in your church right now. May the Holy Spirit be invited to take charge in each and every one of our lives. And more than anything else, Lord, we need to hear from you. More than anything else, we need to have an encounter with the living, active, awesome creator of the universe. And all the church gathered at Walloon said with joy in their hearts, you may be seated. The first attack of the enemy we saw a couple weeks ago is deception. It began in the garden uh, and it continues first attack is deception, if you're taking notes, and the defense against deception is the belt of truth, the girdle of truth. And you, you gird your loins with the belt of truth, meaning I'm going to be transparent and honest with my commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to act as though everything's right when I know better. Uh, I'm not going to blame, I'm not going to excuse, I'm not going to deny sin in my life. I'm going to accept it, I'm going to recognize it, I'm going to do the U-turn and confess and ask Jesus to wash and cleanse and purify. The second attack of Satan's army is condemnation. We saw that last week. And the defense against condemnation is the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. And, and here's the fact. Uh, Jesus, you made a great exchange for me, and you did that on the cross. We just celebrated that. Second Corinthians 5, verse 21, 
Jesus, you took on all of our sin. Matter of fact, Jesus, you became sin for me. That's awesome. And here's what's even more awesome. So not only did you take on all my sin, past, present, future, you put on me all of your righteousness. So the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been imputed to us the moment we say yes by faith to Jesus and what he did for us on the cross at Calvary. That's the great exchange. And now Satan is always trying to condemn and get us to, to forget who we are in Christ, our position, our identity, the facts. But that's the defense against condemnation, the breastplate of righteousness. The third attack of Satan and his demonic army is doubt, is doubt. Uh, wants to knock us down, wants us to knock us off the gospel with doubt. And the defense against the doubts that the enemy wants to attack us with, any guesses? What, what's the defense against doubt? It's the, it's the gospel shoes of peace. It's, it's the gospel shoes that we need to put on, and that's our defense against doubt. What are you talking about? Doubt's like, if your God is so good, um, how come your mother, who loved Jesus more than anybody you know, how come she got cancer and died? That's a doubt. You're doubting the goodness of God. And that's what exactly the enemy wants us to do. He, he wants us to believe that God the Father, the Son, the Spirit, they're out for our bad, and, and they really aren't good like you always talk about. Or a doubt like, if you were really a genuine Christian, why do you keep messing up over and over and over and over again? I don't think you're really a Christian. You might as well just forget that church and Jesus and Bible stuff. Just, just toss it and just move on with your life. That's a doubt. Or how can you really be sure you're going to make it to heaven? Do you really know for sure that if you died right now, you'd be in the presence of Jesus Christ? You're not really working hard enough, are you? You better work harder. You better earn more brownie points with God because I don't think you've made it yet. I, I think if you died right now, I'm pretty sure you'd go to the bad place. I don't think God likes you so much. I think he might say, no thanks, you're not welcome. When a soldier loses his footing, he's in great danger. When we aren't standing firmly on the gospel with our gospel shoes on, we're in great danger. If Satan and his demonic army can get us doubting the goodness of God, if Satan and his demonic army can make us doubt whether we're really Christians or not, if Satan and his demons can get us doubting, I, I don't know if I've been good enough or have earned my way to heaven yet, if they can get us doubting the facts of the gospel, we're in trouble. Ephesians 6.13, I just want to show you what Paul says. We're no longer standing our ground. We're no longer standing firm. When I start doubting, we get knocked off. We get knocked down. We allow the doubting attacks of Satan and his demons, the principalities, to knock us off the solid ground of the gospel. 
So, good questions right now are, uh, I need some more explanation. Do some more explaining there, Ricky. I need to understand what's going on. So here's what the gospel of peace shoes are all about, and here's how we get them on and keep them on, okay? Here's the peace part, Romans 5, 8. Write that down. You can look it up later. I'll read it for you. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were still enemies, Christ died for us. Romans 5.11, we were the enemies of God, but then Jesus built the cross, the bridge to eternity by the cross. In other words, Jesus built the way for peace with God Almighty. It used to be we were at war. We were on the other side, but now he's built the bridge, and by faith we've crossed the bridge, and now we're at peace with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Are you tracking with me? Satan wants to do everything he can to make us think we're still at war with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Doing everything he can to make us doubt whether we're truly at peace with God. Now here's the truth. You ready, Balcony? If you've said yes by faith to Jesus, if you've believed and received Jesus as Savior and Lord, you now are at peace with God. Why? Because he demonstrated his love for you and for me. When we were still sinners, he died for us. He made the first move. He moved toward us in love. Now, the first way that you stand firm on the gospel shoes, you ready? Is you need to know the gospel facts. You got to know the facts to stand firm on the gospel. Okay? Why do I need? Because he's going to whisper things like, you're just a hypocrite. You claim to be a Christian, but you're nothing but a big-time sinner. You're a hypocrite. Can you really believe this Jesus stuff? Come on, we're smarter than that today. Do you really believe that he went into a tomb and really arose from the dead? Really? It can't just be as easy as faith by grace, can it? You got to earn it. You got to get busy. Work harder. So what is the gospel? Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15 if you have them. 1 Corinthians 15, this is the clearest, in my opinion, presentation of what the gospel is. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 6. And this better be something you just get your nose in and you get it down. Because this is what I go back, this is the facts. This is rooted in time and history. These are the facts. And I'll just kind of work through how it relates to me. Uh, first fact is this. Jeff is a sinner and messed up and prone to wander. Can I get an amen? Okay, and so are you. But that's another story. Uh, so I'm a sinner prone to wander, prone to make messes. But the great news, according to the gospel facts, is Jesus died for my sins on the cross. That's fact number one. Uh, he shed his blood to wash and cleanse and purify all of my sins, past, present, future. All of your sins, if you've said yes by faith, past, present, future. Okay? That's fact number two. Uh, fact number three, Jesus took our place in the tomb. We deserved death. He 
became sin and became death for us. Took our place in that tomb. Uh, but then early on Sunday morning, you ready for the next fact? Jesus arose from the dead. He literally, bodily, physically arose. From, he defeated sin and Satan and death, and he did that for me, and he did that for who else? You, if you've said yes by faith to Jesus. And, oh, by the way, here's the final fact. He was seen by over 500 eyewitnesses. Over 500 people saw him and touched him and, and spoke to him and ate with him. They, 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 they were there, and he's alive. That's the final fact. Okay? I believed those facts for me. And I received the person of those facts, Jesus Christ, as my Savior and my Lord and my King. And I did that by faith. And the power of Jesus, you ready? Now lives in me. Jesus Christ, through his Spirit, lives in me. The risen power of Christ lives in me. So I stand firmly on those facts. Got my gospel shoes on, secure. That's what I stand on. Those are the facts, verifiable in time and history. Um, second thing you got to do to get your shoes on and keep them on is you need to know what your security is based on. Um, if my security is based on my performance, um, I'm in trouble, and so are you. If my security is based on my circumstances, some days I'm going to feel really secure, and other days when things are going poorly, what's going to happen? I don't feel so good about my security, right? I don't feel good about the gospel. If it's based on my feelings or my emotions, uh, it's kind of like the weather. Some days it's good and some days it's not so good. If my security is based on what other people say about me, I, there's going to be some really bad days. Here's what you have to base your security on. Glenn, put Romans 8.38 up here on the wall. Here, here's, here's the basis for our security. You ready? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, verse 39, neither height nor depth, in case we didn't cover everything, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our security is based on the love of God found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And where did he prove that for all of eternity? It's right up here on the wall. What, where did he prove that for all of eternity? His eternal, unconditional love. Where did he prove that on what? The cross. So what can separate us from Christ's love? What's the answer? Nothing? Never. That's what the facts say. And I stand on the facts. Emotions, feelings, what other people say, uh, performance, circumstance, that all changes, but the facts remain the same. You tracking? So what do I have to stand on? I need to stand firmly on the facts. And it's not on me, praise the Lord, it's on the love of God found in Christ Jesus. And here's an extra one, okay? I wasn't sure if I was going to have time for this, but this is a good one too, okay? Turn quickly to 1 John chapter 5. If you have your Bible, First John chapter five. Okay, um, here's another thought that brings security and confidence in our position, our identity, so I can stand firmly and securely. First uh, John five eleven. Yeah, Glenn's got it up here too. Good. And this is the testimony. Uh, God 
has given us eternal life. And that life is in what? Whoever has the Son, this is pretty simple, okay? It seems to me like maybe a second grader could get this. Whoever has the Son, do you have Jesus in your life? Has life. Whoever does not have the Son, what's it say? Does not have life. Okay, so here's the test. Do you see evidence of Jesus in your life? If you do, if you see evidence of his spirit and his fruit and his working, that's an evidence of life. And if you don't, that's a problem, okay? Uh, I write these things, look at the last verse, verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you might what? That you have what? Okay, I'll give you another run at that. I write these things so that you might, that you have what? Oh, he wants us to know. <laughs> he wants us to know that. The enemy doesn't want us to know that. The enemy wants confusion and doubt. Have you believed the gospel facts? Have you said yes by faith to Jesus as Savior and Lord? Do you see evidence of Jesus alive and at work inside of you? Do you see fruit of the Spirit growing in your life? And if you do, here's what you say. Uh, excuse me, Satan and demons. I, I realize you're, you're smacking me with doubt, but I'm standing here firmly on the facts. And, and the facts say this. I'm in Jesus. He's in me, and I'm alive in him, and I see his spirit working in my life. So therefore, I dismiss these doubts in the name of Jesus Christ. You understand? And do you actually say that stuff out loud? I do, and I understand. People think I'm really strange, I'm sure. And, I'm, and especially if you see me in the car, I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to the Lord, I'm talking to the enemy. But that's just me, okay? Uh, maybe that's not you, so you can just do it quietly and privately. But, but right now, you just say, I'm not listening to that garbage. I'm not going there anymore. Those are just doubts, and they don't line up with the facts. Final thought. How do you get your shoes on and keep them on? Um, Romans 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jews first and also to the Gentiles. Um, it's amazing that when we're ashamed of the gospel and we refuse to speak up about Jesus to the people around us, that slowly that reluctance to share breeds doubts. I'm just telling you, when we open our mouths and tell other people, well, here's what Jesus has done in my life, it not only gives them a reason to say yes to Jesus, but it reaffirms the facts for me. You tracking with me? It, it kind of, I'm hearing my own mouth speak the facts, and now it, it reignites that power in me, because it's the power of the gospel. And that power of the gospel is living here. It brings strength and stability to our lives when we speak up for Jesus. Final question, and we're done. Has the enemy been uh, attacking you with doubts recently? Been attempting to knock you over, knock you down, get you off base, get you to doubt the gospel and what it's all about in your life? Been hearing whispers that question the goodness of God? Been hearing whispers, oh, there's another way or two or seven or a hundred to, to salvation. Maybe, 
You've been thinking you're not good enough for heaven, whispering that this Jesus stuff can't really be believed. What do you got to do? You got to get your gospel shoes on. You got to go back to the facts. Where are the facts? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 6. Review the facts. I know who you are, and that's the basis for my Christian faith. It's in what Jesus accomplished for me on the cross at Calvary. It's not my performance. It's not my feelings. It's not circumstances. It's the love of Jesus shown to us for all of eternity on the cross. And then start sharing your faith as you have opportunity. As the Lord gives, gives you a chance this next week, speak up. Share your story. I'm just telling you, it's really important for you to have proper footwear on as a follower of Jesus. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Anybody here would just say, you know, I've uh, been battling and dealing with a lot of doubt recently. And, and some of that, those whispers that you talked about, that's what I'm hearing, uh, questioning the goodness of God. Um, maybe another gospel, maybe something other than Jesus is a way to salvation or is the passion of my life. Maybe I'm thinking I haven't been good enough or I'm not really sure if I can believe this Jesus stuff or maybe the attacks have been whispers about uh, I'm, I'm a hypocrite and I keep on falling and failing. I'd just like to close if, if anybody would say, you know, I've been uh, being attacked pretty strongly, a lot of doubt coming my way. Would you pray for me? I'd like to close that way. Anybody lift up your hands? Just going to pray for you. Not going to make you stand or come forward. I just would like to pray for those who've been battling doubt recently. Yeah. Anybody else? Lord, I want to pray for my friends who just acknowledge that uh, they've been struggling with the attacks of doubt. Uh, the enemy has been whispering and doing everything he can to knock them off of your gospel. And I'm praying that this next week they'd learn to daily and even some days hourly get their gospel of peace shoes on. Help them, Lord, to know the facts of the gospel and rehearse the facts of the gospel and stand firmly on the historical facts of the sinless Christ, the shed blood on the cross, that you took our place in the tomb that early Sunday morning you arose from the dead, you defeated sin and Satan and death, and those are the facts that we stand on. Help us, Lord, to find our security in the love of Jesus. And we praise you for love that's so strong and awesome and proven by the cross. And Lord, I pray that you'd help all of us to speak up for you in this week ahead. Lord, give us opportunity to, uh, to testify of the good stuff that you've done in our lives. And now, Lord, as the ushers come forward, we want to say thank you for this opportunity to give, to help our brothers and sisters in need. Lord, I know that uh, the monies that we're about to give are going to bless a whole lot of families as we uh, help them out with food. Lord, other brothers and sisters in Christ here and your family here um, are in need, and I pray this might bring encouragement and bring hope in their lives as well. So 
thank you for this opportunity we have to give. And it's in Jesus' amazing and awesome name we pray every one of these things.